Welcome to Right Thinking with Steve Copeland. I'm your host, Steve Copeland, and thank you for tuning in. Let's have a great day. Good morning, everybody. I hope that you're having a wonderful Labor Day weekend. I, uh, I'd like to say this, though, before we go any further. Let's, let's just have a moment of silence and a prayer for what Harvey has done, all the people that have suffered through what Harvey did down there in, in Texas and Louisiana. I've seen so much love the last week or so, and my heart is out, and it does me great joy to see the way that everyone is, 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 is coming, coming down there to, to try to help out. But, but I just want to say this. What's going to be happening over the next period of time the next months and, and years, it's going to be very, very difficult for those that have, that have been hit by this awful disaster. And I, I read an article in the paper this morning about it's much, much more difficult for people that are in a low-income status to overcome these kind of things. And so Bright Thinking Foundation, its whole purpose is, is, to, is to try to be there for people that are going through hardship and there's a specific population that, that Right Thinking's been dealing with for the last six years, economically disadvantaged hardship populations. And so I just want to tell you that anybody that's listening to this show, if you know someone that needs encouragement and, and some hope to get through what's happened to them down there through Harvey, send them to Right Thinking and, 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 and let, me, uh, let, me, let me introduce myself and, and, and be there for them. So God bless every one of you, and our, our, our prayers are with you. Last week, Jeff Heiser was, was my guest, and I just want to say thank you again to Jeff, and I encouraged everyone to, to listen to some of Jeff's shows. His series that he's in the middle of on climbing your mountain is incredibly powerful, and I grew personally from the interview that I did with Jeff. I grew from listening to his show. And so there's many, many resources out there that are available to all of us that can help us get through whatever it is that we're going through and to get a better focus on what life's supposed to be. And with that said, that's why I've got Willie Butler back on the show today. Willie was my guest on August the 7th. And uh, Willie is just an incredible human being. He's incredibly humble. He's incredibly wise. But with all that said, what I think is the best thing I can say about him is he is a man that has dedicated his life to serving the Lord. And so I brought him back today to, to talk about the things that right thinking is, is concerned about. How each of us can move forth in this life and and, and have a better life. And there's a couple fundamentals that, that Willie is going to share with you today. And so basically today's show is, is called Kingdom Living. And Willie's got a book on the subject. And a lot of people might not understand at all what that title means, but you will after today's show. So let's move forward here. And uh, Willie, are you with me? 
I am with you, Steve. Good morning. Good morning, Willie. You know, Willie, uh, your show last time that we had, again, on August the 7th, uh, everybody that's, uh, that's out there listening, you probably already found your way to it, but the website is www.rightthink.org, and we've got an archive there. And we also have a new thing that we're doing where the shows are being videoed podcasts. Uh, our new partner in Right Thinking, uh, Chuck Christie, is uh, producing them in podcasts. And if you go to newdominionmedia.com, I think it is, it's, uh, it's, it can be found through his Facebook also, you can see all the shows now on a podcast. So keep, keep watching, keep listening, and, and keep in touch. So, Willie, last time that you were on the show, I had a number of people contact me immediately and thank me for having you on the show. You are a breath of fresh air in a, in, in maybe in a, in a world that's full of storms sometimes and a lot of clouds. Willie, your whole approach to who you are and, and kingdom living, I'd like to introduce a lot of that today on the show. But before we get started, let's, let's, let, let me hear you how we ended the last show. It, uh, I, I think that's going to be interesting. Uh, uh, let's cue that up, please. I'm going to keep going in, pulling people out, but when I bring them out, i got to send them to people like you, and I'm just so thrilled to know that there's people like you that are going to be on the receiving end to try to take people once they want a fresh start in life, that you can give them encouragement, you can give them love, but you can also give them tools. So. We're going to have to get together again and, and do this again, and maybe the next time we can get a little more specific about how people learn the basics of budgeting and financial management, the financial stewardship. But I think we set a, a really good tone today. And so, Willie, we're going to have to stop now, and I just want to want to say God bless you and thanks for being my guest. And everybody that's listening, you all have a wonderful week, and God bless you. Okay, Willie. That's how we ended the show the last time, but I got to share with, with the listeners. This show today and what we talked about bringing you back on to provide some specific tools, I am just really overjoyed that you and I have had a conversation prior to today's show about the problem with trying to have people think that there's a quick fix by getting a specific tool that's going to change their life. And so, Willie, I, uh, I want to open up today's conversation with, uh, with just basically more of, more of who you are and, and what kingdom living is all about. And, and through the show, maybe we'll be able to put out a couple specific tools like we talked about. But, but I'm going to take that off the table just slightly and let people know that the reason that I so enjoy you as being part of Right Thinking Foundation's network is because you're honest and, and we're dealing with what it really takes to succeed in life. So, Willie, uh, how, about, how about coming on board? Well, thank you, Steve. I'm, I'm honored by the opportunity uh, to share a bit about the Life Planning Institute, about my uh, way of wanting to share a perspective about financial management, wealth as in general, prosperity, things of that nature. While we're on that topic, of course, we really are focused on trying to help people 
better manage what is available to them. But I think where my show differs, my interests differ, where my writings and, and teaching are all different from many of the conventional uh, tools and resources people use today, is it begins with a different premise. And that premise is based upon the idea that whatever it is that God has given to you, he's given to you for his purpose. And that may seem trite, it may seem like a statement uh, people are accustomed to hearing, but there's a significance to that statement that I think has been undermined in general uh, through many of the conventional programs that focus on application. You know, people come, they've got a problem, they talk to somebody in the financial community, they give them a solution, and that problem hopefully gets remedied. But then another one comes up, and another one, and it's just a whole lifestyle of going back and forth, in and out, ebb and flow with financial issues because people do not have a foundation that is predicated upon under understanding that God has entrusted to them resources for his express purpose. And I'd like to just use one scripture reference, if I may, to just open with that idea, Steve, and that is taken from the book of Proverbs, chapter 16, verse 9. And it says, In their hearts humans plan their course, but the Lord establishes their steps. Okay, let me reread that, but in a different way. The mind of man plans his way, but the Lord directs his steps. So, in keeping with the idea of kingdom living, what I'm suggesting and, and really trying to posit in the minds of people is the fact that you may think that you're kind of the master of your own fate, the captain of your own ship, that you're navigating your own course solely on your own choosing. When in reality, what this scripture verse is saying is that none of those things are true. That God has purposed from the very outset that your pathway, your direction would be established by him. So if God is going to establish your direction, then he must also provision you or, prov or give you the means of being able to accomplish his will. So if you can begin with that premise, now you're attempting to live a kingdom life or live the life that you're living in a kingdom fashion. Now, what do I mean by kingdom in this context? It goes back to the book of Matthew where Jesus, upon entering into his public ministry, stated the following in chapter 3, verse 2. He says that the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Now, for some Bible scholars, some theologians, some everyday listeners and readers, they would rather hear the phrase, or they may even see it in some scripture references, the kingdom of God is at hand, rather than the kingdom of heaven. So it depends on which uh, translation you're reading that might uh, use one application or the other, but the essence is the same. Jesus came and announced that there is a distinct kingdom realm that has now come into the earth, that has now been brought into man's way of living. So no longer is it just the worldly 
realms that we are influenced by, but that there's this additional new way in which we could live our lives, assuming we adapt to that and we accept the fact that that kingdom realm is as relevant to us in this life as it will be to us in the world to come. Wow. You know, I put a lot of thought into ways that I can try to help people that are struggling. And I get in front of a lot of people, a lot of organizations, I go a lot of places. And I guess sad is the only word that I can give right now, that there's many, many people that need so much, but they don't take advantage, they don't follow up on resources that are presented to them. And so we need to get more to the heart of the matter, is that why don't people do what's in their own best interest sometimes. And, and that's what we're talking about right now. It's because for some reason or another, they're in what theologians call worldly living versus godly living. And, and I've got a couple scriptures here that amplify exactly what you're saying as we, as we go further. From the book of Luke, chapter 16, 11. And if you are untrustworthy about worldly wealth, who will trust you with the true riches of heaven? Going into Luke chapter 12, 34. Where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. It goes right into Revelations 3, 17 18. You say, I am rich with everything I want. I don't need a thing. And you don't realize that spiritually you are wretched and miserable and poor and blind and naked. Now, now, that's going real deep here, so let, let me just say this. My comment that a lot of people that want something better, people that have lost hope, that are at a low place, what we're trying to say to them is that if you stop living man's way and, and start living God's way, everything will be different for you. And once you get that foundation in your heart, your whole approach to living can change. What do, you, what do you think about that, Willie? Well, I think you're absolutely right. And that is so fundamental to that transformation that every one of us must make. I, I would add to that a, a real simple analogy, if I may. And it has to do with, um, let's say, as a financial planner, uh, former investment advisor, people come to me and they bring me a sum of money that they want me to invest. So I take, uh, let's say someone brought me $100,000, I put it in the market, I start investing it for them. So they come back and um, I show them that, that I have increased, you know, that the 100000 has now grown to 110000 I made a 10% profit for them. So they're very happy about that. But then um, they come back six months later and now it's down to 90000 and they want to know, well, why? What happened? And I explained to them, well, you know, market forces occur. As you know, the markets go up and down. I give them all sorts of uh, technical explanations for the loss. But bottom line is they're hurt because there's less of what they had entrusted to me. So what I'm describing to you is a relationship between this person, a possession that they had, which are assets, and me. In that context, they saw me as the person who they entrusted their assets to. 
and they entrusted them even though they didn't use the words with the implication being I will grow their assets I will increase their worth and not lose anything so the fact that I've lost something now they're disappointed in me it's not much different than the basic concept of steward every human being has the ability before God to serve in a stewardship role by steward what I mean is you function as someone who has been entrusted to manage something on someone else's behalf. In this case, it's the people who have uh, received from God either prosperity in the way of wealth, children are described as a gift from God. We have gifts, talent, and ability which God has deposited in us that we might use those to be able to bless other people. And all of these are his treasure that he is loaned to us to manage on his behalf. And when he realizes that we're not managing these assets in the way that they should be, no different than that client who came in and is now deeply disappointed that they lost money, that client might take their assets from me and give them to someone else. Well, that's exactly what those parables are saying that you read earlier. If we cannot demonstrate that we could take worldly possessions and manage them properly, God will give them to someone else, take them from us and give them to someone else who can be entrusted to use them for the purpose that they were given to begin with. And we all need to be very mindful of that because when we experience loss in our lives, Steve, sometimes that loss is the result of a series of decisions that we've made to misspend, to, to, to be less... Uh, conscious of our stewardly responsibility and more self-centered in our thinking and our approach. We buy what we like. We, we look at things and they're lavish and they look expensive and, and we hear great things about them and we want them and we don't give any thought to the fact that what God entrusted to us might have a different purpose than the way that we're using them. I agree with you completely on that, Willie. And while I was listening to you, it makes me think of, again, the people that right thinking's trying to, to reach. A lot of the people that we're trying to reach are looking for a very, very quick solution to their problem. And they, they're not going to find one. No, they're not. They're not. And, and so if you're listening right now, and I guess... I guess you are listening if, if I'm speaking and you're on, on listening to me. So I've, those of you that are listening is a better way to say that. What Willie is here to talk about today with me is a change that only you can make. And Willie, I'll ask him in a moment to give you some of the, the, the opening up your heart so that you can receive what's there for you. All this scripture that we give you has got good messages. And even if you're not a person that, that, that believes in, in, in the scripture that, that, we, that we give you, if you listen to what it's saying, though, and, and go to the logic of it, it'll make sense to you just at that level. And so what, what I'm trying to say, though, is this. There is a basic word called responsibility and another word accountability and for for each of us 
that's two of the key words to being a success in life, being able to live a life that, that is the most that you can be and be toward a contentment in life. And, and we've had many shows where we talk about many of the pillars of what success means and doing for others and, and being able to, to, to have certain freedoms. But one thing that I want to tell you is you're not going to hear any show, my show or anybody else's, and listen to it for 30 or 45 minutes and have your life change. It's like being on a diet. If you want to lose a lot of weight because you've been told by your doctors that you really need to change the way you live and the way you eat, otherwise your health problems are going to get worse. You can hear the best motivational speaker in the world talk to you about why you need to change your eating habits, your exercise habits, and your whole idea of, of what food is to you. But listen to it's not going to have that change take place. And so there's a lot of great motivational speakers out there that deal with finance. And uh, one of them that I've, I've read and, 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 and familiar with that's very famous, uh, probably one of the single most famous ones in the world, is Dave Ramsey. He's got a weekly radio show that with 4 million plus listeners. He's got uh, a university type uh, program and he's, he's very, very well known in the Christian community for teaching financial stewardship. And he, he has a quote that I, that I want to give you and, and that is basically that 20% that of financial peace comes from what he calls head knowledge. But 80% comes from your own behavior. So even Dave Ramsey points out that, hey, you can learn all the things that are out there and people like him can give you the tools, but you have got to change your behavior. And so, so Willie, you know, with, with that said, I know that you've dedicated your life to trying to connect with people through kingdom living. And, and I personally endorse it and believe that it's the only way to go, that anything else would just be a Band-Aid on an open, open cut, and that the commitment to want to change is what many people are saying. And so when you, when you, bring, that, when you bring that up today, that it takes personal responsibility. Can, can you elaborate on that a little bit more in, in more of a, a, a layman's term? Well, I'll certainly give a shot at it. Um, one thing that came to mind as you were just sharing those thoughts goes back to the concept of stewardship. And, and I'm, I'm going to put a lot of emphasis on that word and that uh, concept in this next couple of moments because when God chose this as a pathway for life, he did something so brilliant and and so fair that uh, I, I just need to emphasize that. Now, what do I mean by that? Every human being has been endowed by God with something. Every human being. Whether you have a special gift in the way of uh, scientific knowledge you have a certain artistic skill where you can be very creative either as a writer, an artist, a musician, painter, whatever. Uh, 
whether you have great athletic prowess, it really doesn't matter what that specific gifting and or other talent and ability may be, you possess it. Every one of us does. So in that context, God created a level playing field by which every single individual has been endowed with something that he gave them. Hence, we call them a gift. They're all gifts of God because he gave them out very liberally, very generously to all of us. Some of us have many talents, multiple talents, so many at times we can't even decide which of the ones are the most important in our life. Nonetheless, they exist. Now, the reason this is important embrace, in my view, Steve, is because what that says to me, going back to the analogy I used about somebody coming in and giving me $100,000 and I lose $10,000 somewhere in the, in the process of making decisions on their behalf, when I manage someone else's finances, I have to remember first and foremost, they belong to that person. Unless that person gave me complete free reign to make decisions on their behalf and therefore manipulate what they gave me and invest it this way or that way, I must operate within the constraints and, 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 and uh, the limitations that they place upon me. Every single one of us have those. Every one of us are required to operate within constraints of what God has purposed for our lives. So when we operate outside the scope of those constraints, we're no longer being a good steward. We're no longer being effective in the use of the things entrusted to us, and therefore we become accountable, going back to one of the words you used earlier, to explain why we did what we did and why we mismanaged what we were given. There's a, there's a scripture parable that Jesus gave about this very thing. It's, it's considered to be the parable of the talents, in which it talks about three servants. And in this instance, one servant was entrusted with five talents, another two, another one. And so when the master was about to leave town for a long period, he called these three servants together and he gave each of them these varying numbers of talents. And rather than there be a long discussion about specific expectations from each of these individuals, he left town and uh, like all of us, the assumption is they were entrusted to manage these talents for this master. So as some of you may know in the story, the first and second servants who had the five and the two managed these so well that they doubled what they were entrusted to manage. So when the master came back and asked for an accounting, notice what I said, the master came back and said, I want you to explain to me or show me now what you've done with what I've entrusted to you. They came back, he came back, they both came forward and said, look master, I've doubled what you've given me. And so the master goes on to say, well done, good and faithful servant. Notice this too. Because thou hast done this good thing, if you will, I will now entrust to you even more treasure. Now I'm paraphrasing, but that's essentially what he said. Because you've demonstrated good management of what I've entrusted to you, I will now increase what I'm going to entrust to you in the future. The third servant, however, had a different approach. That servant said, you know what? I think I understand the man who left me this talent to manage 
Uh, he's he's kind of ruthless at times. Uh, he's a spendthrift. Uh, he, he's not very careful and, and maybe doesn't pay much attention to what he's doing. So I'm going to take the talent and bury it. So when the master came back and asked for an accounting for the third servant, that servant ended up saying, well, master, I, I thought that you were a hard man and you sometimes uh, reap where you haven't sown. You know what I mean? He's telling him about himself and the reasons that he justifies burying the talent instead of investing it like the other two did. Once he finished, the master said to him, you're a wicked and a slothful, meaning lazy servant. He called him slothful. He called him wicked. Wicked meaning you knew what to do, but instead of doing what you should do, you chose to take an easy way out, if you will. So as a result, the master ends up not only cursing this servant, banishing him out into darkness, if you will, but he also states in there, now I'm going to take from you that which was entrusted to you and give it to the ones who manage things properly. And that's exactly what happens in our individual lives. We may not always understand when that, that is underway. Sometimes, Steve, we're experiencing loss, and, and, and it seems like one thing just gets layered on top of another where people can't seem to get out of their financial peril. And we like to think it's because we've made a lot of bad decisions and, and then the world is against us and, you know, everything is unfair. But in reality, sometimes God is allowing you to see that you're not pleasing him because you did not choose to manage things that he had entrusted to you the proper way. So in that context, every one of us has an equal footing with, with the Lord to be a good steward. But in order to be a good steward, one must be in personal and intimate relationship with God. And therein lies the difference and the problem. If you don't know the master's mind, you can't manage something for him. So if you're not seeking him and in intimate relationship with him, you will not be able to manage the things he's entrusted to you, no matter how much he gives you. So it doesn't mean he's going to pour more into you because you feel you have less and need more, but rather you're going to find yourself having less and less as you go through this peril of distancing yourself by doing things your way instead of doing things his way. Oh, you've answered it exactly. I've got some, I've got a response here that Deuteronomy chapter 8, 17 and 18. You may say to yourself, my power and strength produce this wealth for me. But remember the Lord, for he gives you the ability to produce wealth. Psalm 62, 10. If your riches increase, don't be proud. Psalm 24, 1. The earth belongs to God. Everything in all the world is his. Absolutely. Colossians 1, 17. All things were created by him and for him. In him, all things hold together. So, you know, a lot of people don't, don't live this way. They don't believe it. And for right now, well, that's to each his own, I guess. But what, what I'm here to try to do is, is help people take responsibility. And what Willie's sharing with us today is, even if you take responsibility and you do things the right way, if you're not understanding who you are, what your purpose is, you're still going to have it go the wrong way anyway. It's just the way it has to work. I, I've said on other shows, I can, I can work with people that really, really want to make a change. They really want to stop going through all this hardship they're going through that they believe 
they brought on themselves. And that's a, that's a starting point. And so they make a commitment. And I teach them how to, how to save once they get their job. I help them get a job, and then they get a job. And we impress upon them the importance of savings and investing your money early in life so that it has a longer time to multiply. These are some of the practical tools that await all of us. But if I take somebody that really, really wants to do things the right way, and they start saving $50 every paycheck, they save $2,500 in a year. If they don't really know who they are and their purpose and understand what Willie's message is, they're going to probably make a wrong decision and spend all that money they worked so hard to save on the wrong thing. And they're basically no better off than they were before they started saving. Uh, I'm not advising this, but an, under that example, hey, they, they might have spent a little more money on entertainment and movies and treated themselves a little better if they're going to end up in the same place a year later with not a penny to their savings because they didn't spend it on the right thing. So what, what the deeper message is that we're trying to tell you is if you look at your life and you're not pleased with it and you don't understand some of the things that you're going through and how much longer do I have to go through this, you need to really be honest with yourself and let, let, let the Lord in, and then you'll get some of the answers. Willie, let me, let me give you a little, a little parable, so to speak, that I came up with, and I call it Little White Lies. It's, it's the untruths in life that people go through where they fool themselves. And uh, it, I'll give you a practical, a practical example. Take somebody that's struggling and they're having a hard time supporting their family, good person, good family, and they're having a hard time getting their bills paid, working hard, and the father ends up having a car insurance premium due at the end of the month or the first of the next month. And it's going to be a certain amount of money and he starts putting his money to pay that premium aside. And then the wash machine breaks, or one thing leads to another, life happens, and he doesn't have the money for the car insurance. Well, we all know that if you drive a car without car insurance, you're leaving yourself open to a lot of, a lot of things. A worst example is, is that he loses his driver's license and is forced to drive, in his mind, the car without a license to get to, get to work. And he rationalizes in his own mind, hey, I'm a good person, I'm supporting my family, I don't have a choice. And he's going to drive his car to get to work even though he doesn't have a license. And hey, lo and behold, he gets a speeding ticket, goes to court, driving without a license, and one thing leads to another. But that person, if he hasn't paid his car insurance, and he really, really wants to get it paid. It's in his mind. It's in the foremost thoughts of his mind. I got to get my insurance. He cuts back on his, his spending habits. He cuts back on his beers, entertainment, whatever. But then another thing goes wrong and he doesn't have the money. Well, there's many, many people living out there that were just like that. And then after two or three months of being to where they never could pay that premium, they forget about it. And they start living a life that is really not right. And then if something else goes wrong 
and he gets in a car accident, he doesn't have insurance, and his whole situation just really starts to snowball bad, he ends up being resentful of other people and of the world because it's somebody else's fault. And so his struggles preempt him from making the changes in his life to stabilize that he started to because he gets into blame for other people and not taking personal accountability. These are the things that Willie and I are trying to talk about. Situations where if you don't have a stable financial life, your life might get harder and harder, but you don't realize part of it is your own creation. And so what we're trying to get at is, is for each of us, including myself, to always take a good stock, a good inventory of what we're doing and how we're handling our finances so that we're less apt to fall into tougher times that we could have avoided. So Willie, uh, you talked last time about the importance of savings and I, I, have, I have teachings that I have available to my, to my listeners on, on savings and uh, it's so important though to have savings for the proverbial rainy day for the unexpected situation because if you become a person that gets caught up in one bad time after another and you go so far down you start to lose hope and you start to blame other people and you have a life of resentment your attitude gets really bad and and then it's very very hard to pull you out of that so what what I'm suggesting to our listeners is don't let it happen in the first place. Don't get to where after a couple months of staying on a on a focus to achieve something like pay that car insurance premium, you let it go and then go into another place in your life. And so I'm going to send you back to Willie now in this conversation because if you understand Willie's message today on kingdom living and trusting God and acknowledging that everything you have, God gave you. Now, again, a lot of us might not subscribe to that, to that theology, if that's what you want to call it. But I'm telling you that things will happen that you create for yourself that are hard for you to get out of if you're not understanding that it's not about you. Last week, Jeff Heiser's show on every one of us needs a coach. He was so straightforward when he said, he said that I no longer believe in the concept of a self-made man. He said that that's a wrong thinking because every single one of us only got to where we are along the way because somebody helped us along the way and passed on something to us, gave us an opportunity, taught us something. So... These are the kind of people that I'm trying to bring on my show to introduce to you. People that have a much deeper understanding of life and, and what it really is. And so I went to a prison out in, in Oregon a month ago. And I talked about it on the air, Powder River Correctional. There were 58 men in my seminar, and it was one of the most wonderful experiences I've had. But Willie, sadly enough, as much as I appreciate every one of those men and believe that each one of them can succeed, I really wonder how many of them will continue in the right path after the seminar is over and, and the next day gets there. And so staying on target, staying on commitment. If their kingdom livers, though, and they trust the Lord, they're going to make it.
That's a very excellent point, and, and thank you for, um, you know, setting up even through the scenario that you, uh, you offered about the, the guy that finds himself getting deeper and deeper into this dilemma. <clears throat> you know, it reminds me of uh, a phrase that I like to sometimes use, which has to do with being off the grid or functioning below the radar, if you will. You know, we all have this level of the way we live our lives that is functional and in sight of everyone else. You know, you have your, your credit scores, you have your social security number, you, you have a pay check that either gets electronically deposited or you get a physical check and you walk into a bank and you use it. But every so often people go into situations where they can no longer function like that because their circumstances are just that dire. So they go to payday lending and they use that process or, or rather than um, you know, paying through a credit card, they write a physical check knowing that the money isn't even in the bank yet, but they're hoping it'll get in there before the check gets uh, cashed. In other words, people adapt, they make decisions, and unfortunately, they're doing it in what they think is out of necessity but sometimes it's taking them lower and lower into that spiral that you described a bit earlier. And it's really sad because life does happen. And not every problem that we end up encountering is one that we create. Nonetheless, we have to fend and somehow get through it. And so to your point, Steve, I, I think the best uh, counsel you know, I would try to give anyone relative to this mostly has to do with the idea that, again, I am someone who God created and placed in this earth with specific purpose, with intentionality. In other words, with intention. He, he intended that I be here and accomplish something. And I would ask myself when I find myself faced with that kind of consequence and, and circumstance, Lord, what have I done, you know, or what is it that I'm not doing so that I can get back in favor and have the kind of life and live with the kind of prosperity that you know I need just to get through the day-to-day -day living. Every one of us are entitled to that, and every one of us have the privilege to attain it, but it begins with asking that question of the Lord and really then submitting ourselves to whatever guidance and instruction he may give us. The person who's too proud, the person who honestly still thinks that they are directing their own life, they're not going to succumb to that because they're not going to yield to the voice of God. But, but God wants to direct every single one of us in our action. Now on a more practical level, what I've done through the Life Planning Institute is devise a budgeting process that is predicated on the idea of what I call the P, that is the pursuit of purpose. The pursuit of purpose implies that, again, I acknowledge that every resource that I have in my possession was given to me by God with purpose and that if he has given me a specific way to live my life, that it's my practical responsibility to figure out the best means to take the resources entrusted to me and, and manage them in a way so that I can get the work done that he's called me to do. So under my 
financial model, I immediately take into consideration that a percentage of what a person has in the way of cash flow is under what I call the uh, involuntary monetary obligations. For example, your federal and state income taxes. Uh, if you live in a, in a place where, you know, healthcare and other things like that are mandated, then you also have those expenses that are not negotiable. There's a percentage of everything that you get when you get paid that you don't really have control over because depending on your income bracket and other things like that, uh, a percentage of what you've just earned is going to automatically apply to those. So that reduces what's available to you. Your P, or the pursuit of purpose budget, f takes into consideration an amount that you must have in order to accomplish his will for your life. So you begin with that, and you take out of that 100% of what's available to you, that 60 or 70% as part of your pursuit of purpose budget, and you don't deviate from that. Instead, you recognize that in addition to that 60 or 70%, you have your uh, involuntary expenses, which could be another 20%, maybe 25, which then would only leave you about between 15 and 20%, that's discretionary. So if I only have 20% that's really discretionary to me, I can't run out and necessarily buy a car and open up three new credit cards and think it's okay. I'm going to have to give a lot more consideration to uh, what it is within the construct of that 20% uh, or even less, if it is less in most cases, that can be applied. For example, we didn't talk about savings. So out of that 20%, if I took 10% and set it aside for savings, that only leaves 10% I now have as discretionary to pay expenses for things I want, things that I think are just good uh, uh, compliments to my lifestyle, to my way of living, things of that nature. That's a much, much smaller percentage than beginning with the idea that it's all mine to spend however I choose. So that would be, in my view, the best recommendation I can make on a practical level. But what precedes that is the idea that if I find myself in those circumstances, number one, it doesn't mean I'm a bad person. It doesn't mean that God doesn't love me or anything like that. It simply means the circumstances that I now face require me to make some sort of decisions to change. And they begin with going before God and seeking his counsel first. And once he begins to show you the things that you need to change, you've got to be willing to do it if you want to get out of those circumstances. Otherwise, what father would allow you to have more and continually bail you out if you're never going to change your behavior. Willie, God bless you. Thank you for sharing your message today. Everybody that's out there, Willie's available. Willie, which, what's your website that they can go to? Uh, they can go to Life Planning Institute at www.mylpi.org. That's www.mylpi.org. Thank you, Willie. What I want to summarize in today's show is each one of us needs people that we can connect with. We all need coaches. We all need mentors. We all need friends that we can trust. There's 
many of us out there for you. Pick up the phone or go onto the computer, whatever it, it really is there, and contact us. So what I really want to say is this. Right Thinking Foundation is committed to that. I'm building a network of people like Willie and Jeff Heiser and Jim Stovall and Don Green and Dave Richards and Chuck Christie and, and many others. We are there for you. So I encourage you to take advantage of this opportunity, the offer that we're giving you. So with that said, you're the only one that can make that change. We've tried to give you some insights today that it's there for you. You just have to be receptive to it, seek it to a certain extent, follow up on the kind of conversation that we gave you today. And so I know that each one of you have it in you to be able to succeed. And so with that said, Willie, thank you again for being on the show today. Thanks for listening to Right Thinking with Steve Copeland. I look forward to being with you again next week. And remember, don't quit. Plan ahead. It will get better. God bless you and have a great week.